We're getting to the point where, particularly online, SaaS platforms have an opportunity to wrap valuable products around a fintech core. And I think that's what you're starting to see us doing at Visualsoft, which is so valuable to us because you're you're taking something that merchants have to have to run their businesses. You know, it's a critical element to their businesses. And you're making it part of our central offering. But really, you're saying, actually, you're getting a ton more value for our e-commerce platform, way beyond just the payment element. You're listening to Leaders in Payments and Fintech, a podcast brought to you by Edgar Dunn & Company, the global payments and fintech consulting firm. Coming to you from the City of London, I'm your host, Martin Koderich. And in this series, I'm meeting with leaders and practitioners across the industry to find out what it takes to bridge the gap between strategy and execution. My central question is, how can we commercialize and bring the benefits of ever deeper new technology to market in what continues to be a highly regulated industry? If you enjoy these interviews, please do subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or your podcast platform of choice. So enough of the intro, let's get straight into today's episode. This week, we meet up with Ed Harris, who is VP Strategic Partners and Payments at Visualsoft, a leading e-commerce platform solution here in the UK. I think in this episode, we get to the very core of what is already and will continue to drive the next wave of innovation and value in payments and fintech. We discuss how Visualsoft created their own payment solution in partnership with Stripe and also combining issuing and acceptance solutions traditionally very separate worlds to create fundamentally new value creating opportunities. When we say value, yes, we are referring to monetization, but it's more than that. These innovations are transforming the customer experience on the pay inside, which translates into happier, more loyal and returning customers and in turn triggering a step change and uplift in customer lifetime value, which of course is huge, and then transforming finance operations on the pay outside through faster and more flexible access to funds. That's why there continues to be so much excitement around this space, more frequently referred to as embedded finance, but I think it's helpful to also explain it as it is. So I do hope you enjoy this conversation with Ed. Let's get started. So welcome, Ed. How are you doing today? I'm great, Martin. Thanks for having me today. Really looking forward to this conversation um, about embedded finance, right? A bit of a buzzword, but we're going to try and unpackage it and really try and understand what it really means and the uh, implications for the industry going forward. Think that's do the, our, we'll uh, do our best. We'll do our best, exactly. Yeah. So um let's um let's kick off with a sort of standard kind of personal introduction, your background, and then I'd love to hear a bit more about Visualsoft, the company, before we dive into the payment side of things. Of course. So um again, thanks for having me on this um podcast. It's great to talk to you. Obviously, you and I have worked together uh many times and you've helped Visualsoft a little bit. If I give a background about me personally, I've been in e-commerce for going on 15 plus years now, working with retailers in the SMB market in all sorts of different avenues, basically. So from website creation to uh, platforms, SaaS platforms, and latterly in the last three, four, five years, looking at payments, specifically with e-commerce merchants trading online, trying to grow online um, with merchants who typically would trade, let's say a million to 10 million online revenues. Um, and they may, they might do many more revenues offline, but we're focused on those online revenues for us. Um, at the moment, really responsible, probably for 80% of my time, responsible payments. And then the rest is really looking after our strategic tech partners, which are embedded in our e-commerce platform. Um, getting onto VisualSoft, the platform that we run is our own proprietary IP. Um, we run about a thousand merchants and support about a thousand merchants on our platform transact around about a billion pounds of GMV or total processing volume, depending on your listeners, mm-hmm. um, which is a, it's a decent sized volume for the merchants we support. Um, and they tend to be very high quality merchants that we support and they're dominant in the UK. I mean, very little, um, support outside the UK. So it's, there's an online platform which, um, allows merchants 
e-retailers, retailers to set up an online shop um, on your platform, right? So as opposed to doing it themselves, they'll come to you and, and no doubt there are some, some solutions and benefits around that. But perhaps you can just give an example of the type of merchant that comes to you. So our, the, the core verticals we work with predominantly are fashion, footwear, jewelry, beauty, those sorts of verticals for merchants. Uh, often where they'd have a high street presence or, you know, maybe one or two shops. Mm -hmm. um, we're, we're unique in the market, I think, in the UK, because where you might find um, other platforms leverage external third-party agencies to help build their build websites for a merchant, we do it all for merchants. So a retailer will speak to us, um, talk about their business, their, their objectives, their goals for the future. We will then, using our own internal agency, build them a website on our VisualSoft platform. We then also have a marketing agency that will help grow that merchant beyond just the initial process of launching a website with them. So we do that end-to-end -end experience from merchant, um, looking to outsource some of their business, but focus on the retailing for themselves. Um, and like I said, it's that SMB space where they've grown to a certain size, they've got to that million pound threshold, which is the hardest to sort of get to, but probably don't have, you know, two, three, four people in their businesses to handle various different areas or operations of online. You know, we're typically talking to the business owners. Um, they might've just started looking for a, an e-commerce director or someone, but certainly don't have specialists in each area for shipping, for payments and that sort of thing. So we take a lot of that resource cost and that burden off them, help them, let them take some of retailing and do the rest for them. What's the sort of background to the, the business itself? Uh, we founded in 1998, um, right, so a good few decades going um, on. Okay. Yeah. Um, we've, I think it's fair to say we scaled up a lot in the last five years. So right. we took on some investment, um, in 2019, I think it was, okay. and that's really helped us solidify our core product offering. Um, so we've pivoted from probably slightly more agency focus into much more product e-commerce platform focus over those years recently. Um, and that's, that's dominated in us getting much more into payments, understanding how you can, um, create value for retailers in an, in a platform or a SaaS platform environment where we can not only have benefits ourselves as an, as a sort of platform, a tech business, but also give merchants far greater value from embedding uh, certain, uh, initially it's just obviously talking about payments, but embedding any type of partner functionality within right. a SaaS e-commerce platform. Um, again, taking that headache away from merchants, having to do due diligence on anything ranging from payments, shipping, uh, you know, warehouse management systems, all that sort of stuff. We do all of that legwork for merchants so they can just have a sim slightly simpler operational life. Okay. So that's the neat segue into the payment methods and the payment solutions that you support and provide on your platform as part of the solution. Yeah. Um, and then that, that's kind of the project that we worked on a couple of years ago, the introduction or the, the, um, strategy around, uh, visual soft pay. Um, yep. perhaps you can just, you know, walk us through the rationale, the early stage thinking around. Visual Soft Pay that led up to the initiation of that project. Well, I think it's fair to say that for, for certainly the most, I've been at Visual Soft for 10, 11 years. For most of my time here, there's been very little strategy actually on payments, um, being really transparent there with you, Martin. And I think one of the reasons for that is because we've predominantly been merchant led. So when we talk to a new merchant, you know, thinking about coming onto our platform and they might be working with, I don't know, PayPal and Opeo. Um, Barclaycard, whoever it is, quite frankly, in the market, we would have built an integration um, to that payment provider without much 
sort of second thought about whether we should be doing it, what the overheads would be in the future to support it and manage it and so on. Um, as time has gone on, you know, as we've become more of a product focused tech business, supporting a thousand merchants with all of this resource overheads and internal cost of managing upgrades and enhancements to integrations, it, it became pretty clear that it wasn't sustainable to have 25 different payment gateways and payment methods on the platform. And that's when we really engaged with, uh, with you and the team from EDC to look at how we could better manage payments for our merchants, give them a better choice and also have benefits to us as a business so that we could, you know, have a much more concrete, robust product offering with payments. Um, and potentially, and this is sort of starting to be looked at, explore how we could commercialize or monetize our platform in a very different way. Um, so merchants at the moment, to go into that just briefly, they would pay us a, a sort of retainer fee for their platform usage, just a flat fee. Um, and it's nice to be able to think about how merchants could maybe just pay for the platform in a slightly different way with payments. Mm. Um, so they pay a bit, a bit like Shopify does, but we have taken the view it. that we yeah. don't want to just be sort of singularly providing our own payment solution, but have other options for merchants as well. Is it fair to say that Shopify was the inspiration to Visual Soft Pay? I think it's fair to say, yes, there's an inspiration there. Um, we do also, we actually do use the same underlying payment provider. Um, so it's, it's fully, ex we're fully transparent that we use Stripe to power VS Pay. Um, but I think we go beyond that because we're that fully integrated platform plus agency, or I call it SaaS plus service, if you like, which allows a merchant to get more value and a lower total cost of ownership from our collective service offerings. Um, so it's about, I think we recognize early days that we wanted to give our merchants choice. We work with slightly bigger merchants typically than you'll find at the lower end of Shopify. And that means that they are a little bit more sophisticated. They might have loads of resource to, to do their kind of research about different payment options and different partner options, but they have some sense of where they want to go, if you like. And I think we're then taking that idea and saying, look, we understand you're a bit more sophisticated. You're getting to the point where you want to scale up. And we've got a range of options for you to choose, not just one we're going to pin you down to and, and tax the hell out of you if you don't want that single offering. Right. Okay. So talk me through the um, the VSP project, if, if you can, and perhaps sure. you can touch on the, you know, the, 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 the sort of rate of adoption, the, the experience you've had so far. Well, I think we quite quickly kicked on our RFP project, having done the work with you. So I think you probably spent a, a good couple of quarters looking at our payment uh, options around the platform. So we had an RFP process where we went out to the market and, and talked to, I think it was about five different vendors of which Stripe was included early doors. We committed to a project and it was really designed around who could provide us as, a, as an e-commerce tech business, a relatively quick way to go to market with our own payment solution that gave us um, the ability to give merchants really ease of speedy onboarding, essentially, um, mm -hmm. so they could get up and running fast. I think KYC is often a a blocker to people moving payment providers. So we were keen to have it really slick, super simple, um, upfront KYC sort of thing. We wanted to be able to get into the flow of funds. Um, and simply that just means that we're able to bill or invoice our merchants for what they use within our payment solution, rather than having it at arm's length um, and having merchants to negotiate rates specifically with payment providers, which is what's happened for the last couple of decades here. And then Beyond that, I think it's being able to have something that we could brand up and white label or gray label or, or really shout out the fact that we're partnering with people to power these deeply embedded products mm -hmm. uh, within our core e-commerce solution. And that's where we've managed to get to with Stripe, who are, 
I think it's fair to say right at the forefront of being able to deliver a complex and comprehensive and very flexible payment solution to any, any SaaS platform really out there. I mean, we happen to be doing e-commerce, but it, it's given us the ability to tailor a hell of a lot of what we can do to make a product that's quite bespoke to us that then adds loads of value beyond the sort of commoditized payment bit, if you like, um, which I tend to describe as just, you know, you, you pay for water as, as your monthly bill and you just get water, but depending on what you do with it, you can add value to that, that money flow. And that's what we're trying to do at VisualSoft, you know, blend all of that with our e-commerce platform and, and much more. But on that topic, perhaps you can just, you know, just expand on a bit more. I mean, how are you, you know, combining the payment piece, the solution with your other value-added services to, to enhance the overall solution to the merchants, perhaps also the, the, the user experience, no doubt, to their customers on the platform. Um, the end result then, I suppose, is, is, is um, diversification of revenue, but also a more yeah. sticky, well, that's a more it. valuable platform overall, right? That, that, that's it. And I think for us, our key, our key kind of driver is, and one of the key metrics that we look at as a business at the top of the business is what is the GMV? What's the, the revenue that we're processing for our merchants, right? Mm. So it's, it's a kind of key North star to see that growing all the time, obviously for us to work with more merchants striving for growth. So launching a payment option is, is sort of redundant in a way, unless you have a fantastic checkout experience and you can make payments effortless for the consumers shopping on all of our websites that our merchants built with us. So we have started a couple of projects, a couple of themes here that take payments and embed it more deeply in various different stages of the checkout. We've actually just launched just today, new express buttons on our basket, which, um, pushes payment options like Apple pay, Google pay, Stripe's own link product right up to the top of the basket. So you've added products to basket. You can shop really, really quickly. Um, basically a sort of one click speed, speedy checkout. And then we're looking at how we can do that on product pages so that merchants can offer that speed, confidence, security, um, all with the backing of Stripe's global payment infrastructure mm. and built into our platform so that, so that merchants can manage the payment operations really seamlessly all in one place and giving consumers um, that, that great experience on the, on the front end of these websites. So that's what it's all about. And we think that'll aid conversion rates for our merchants. It'll give them fantastic reasons to, to want to work with us and have websites with Microsoft and the marketing services we offer. But it'll also help the customers be more sticky, like the, the, the consumers, right? The shoppers. So that they're going to give the merchants more lifetime value. They're going to stay more with those merchants. They're going to come back again and shop. And it should be sort of self-perpetuating. It should feed itself. Um, so as long as we are clear that our North Star as our business is that growth of GMV for our merchants, a lot of all of this work, you can see aligns behind that. And on the, the economics there, you mentioned the um, lifetime value. Um, maybe you can just touch on the economics from your point of view um, in terms of the prices that have been made available to you by Stripe. Because um, there's, it's more than just a white label offering, right? A referral deal, as I understand it. Yeah, well, it, it, essentially, they're, I guess a merchant not even referred, really. So they sign a contract with us and we settle the rates. I, along with the team, have built a whole raft of tariffs that merchants can adopt you're, based you're on their volume. Setting the, you're, you're, you're making the decisions in terms of what the, the prices are. Yeah. Yeah. We said it all. So in actual fact, any time, so if you were to come and shop on one of our merchants' websites, Stripe has no idea what rate we've charged a merchant for that transaction. And all the payments happen in real time. They've built a very sophisticated system to allow us to tell Stripe how much to bill based on our own pricing methodology. Um, 
and Stripe will, there's a cost essentially to, to doing that, which Stripe will charge against us, but we're the ones responsible for invoicing a merchant. So it really has given us a, an ability to get into the flow of funds rather than like you suggest as a, re, as a referral methodology. Um, that, that includes what transaction prices, transaction prices, as well as perhaps the, the, like you said, the, the, the standard platform monthly fee, the subscri subscription exactly. fee. Exactly. So it gives us flexibility to blend everything together if you want to. So you can take the base payment fee, you can layer in um, platform commissions, you can layer in platform fees, any any type of fee you want really into that transaction fee that happens through BS Pay. So it, it is opening a lot of doors for us as a business to look at how we can be more flexible with how we bill out our platform for merchants. You know, again, they're, they're not huge merchants. They don't have huge um, pockets of money to spend on CapEx projects for websites. So these sorts of solutions do help them get fantastic technology in a really cost-efficient way that's, um, that's that's really valuable for these these sorts of merchants that we work with. So when we met in Lisbon, I think we had a similar chat about the next potential step, right, with regards to BSP and, and these kind of solutions where you might combine the acceptance side with some kind of issuing product to have a an end-to-end -end flow. Perhaps you can just expand on that that rationale yeah. concept. Well, I think it's this isn't this is something that's very much new to the UK market. I mean, it's, it's just started, I think Stripe's just started launching their issuing products in the US. Um, I know that checkout.com, another one of our partners has also just announced that. That's what we were in Lisbon to hear about. This, this idea of a closed loop of sort of inbound revenues and being able to monetize outbound revenues that you're paying for something on a card is something that you know really excites me because we've got a billion pounds of revenue coming into our platform for our merchants, as I mentioned earlier. But you've also got those merchants using those funds and using the, mon the money that essentially gets put into their bank accounts to pay for advertising, to pay for stock, to pay for, mm. you know, any sort of ad hoc expenses and operational costs throughout the months. And I think one of the things that, as again, as a SaaS platform, helping merchants manage their flows of funds um, into their businesses, being able to tap into or offer services where we can issue cards for merchants, they could use those, for example, for paying for their advertising, um, all from one central pot of revenue that they're getting into the business is incredibly exciting. Not only does it open up, you know, revenue opportunities for us as a business, it simplifies a merchant's operation. Their money management will be that better to simplify it. And we can also reward merchants for doing this as well. You know, we could offer them shares of the interchange fees, for example, that go on at, when someone's paying for something on a card. Um, I think this starts to represent a way that platforms, not just e-commerce platforms, but any sort of SaaS platform that handles payments in some way can give a lot of value um, to, to their customers, to, in our case, to retailers, but you know, to, to other customers. I mean, if I was a SaaS platform, how would I go about perhaps thinking through whether this is something for me, you know, is there, is, where, where would this kind of model work best, do you think? What kind of vertical or environment? Um, so I think there are a couple of use cases where with this, this ability to have this end-to-end -end payment scenario and issuing particularly. So food outlets, uh, restaurants is one where you've got the ability to offer terminal devices to take payments. You know, the money goes into a central balance. A restaurant typically will need to buy a lot of products on a daily basis, you know, food, importantly. Um, even over weekends as well, I think was one of the examples that we looked at. And if you think of how balances are, are deposited into banks, merchants' bank accounts, they tend to be done five days a week. And often you'll need to have a restaurant buying something at the weekend. If they've got access directly to the funds that they've taken throughout that week on the debit card, that they mm -hmm. can 
directly deposit, sort of withdraw money from, it frees up their operational balances a lot. Um, so there's one use case there. I so that, is, that, that, is that like the restaurant as, as a, some kind of online platform or just a standard restaurant, right? So this is not exclusively a digital. Um, well, I think in that instance, you'd be looking at a, there are a couple of examples, but a payment business that takes payments for restaurants. So it might be, you, you know, you scan a QR code at a table and you pay, or you've got a device or tap to pay, I guess on an iPhone or an Android device, but more like a SaaS business offering payment solutions to a restaurant vertical, right. um, giving them a tool and saying, here's a card that you can have a virtual card or a physical card that lets you spend the money you've earned in a week or, you know, yesterday. Um, I think obviously our use case is, is really significant. The idea that you can take money potentially in an offline or an online scenario and then spend it on your advertising is a, is a great use case there because I think you can then have this nice story that you're taking, you know, if you're an online, online and offline retailer, you could say that you're helping your online business grow with advertising using some of your funds that you get offline right. um, from a central pot, which I think is a really, a really nice way of thinking about it. So I think there's, there's two kind of immediate options there. The other one that's, we live in the countryside out about an hour, so London, and I see this a lot actually, taxi companies, right? So there's obviously Uber and there's those city-based companies. Um, I think travel and public transport and that sort of thing, you'll, you'll probably start to see more where you get cards issued for spending on those forms of transport. So you top up your card. Um, obviously, Oyster's a really early version of this type of thing, but now you have much greater ease of issuing through the, the likes of Stripe and Checkout.com and others like Adyen. I think you'll see travel use cases getting getting more used. There's a taxi platform, I cannot remember the name of it uh, right now, top of my head. But what they do is they support the regional taxi companies and help them take Apple Pay and Google Pay um, where they would have had to take cash or advanced payments, for example. So they're allowing them to get more bookings, grow their businesses through payment platforms, and then use get, get issued cards so they can spend money as well um, and monetize those, those out outgoing funds. I think it's, it's such an interesting part of the, the uh, fintech world at the moment, this issuing side of things. Re reflecting on the current situation, the economic situation, and perhaps the last 10 years has been like an initial phase of fintech evolution. And I often discuss with my guests, you know, what the next phase of, in of fintech evolution might might look like. Do you think this, this, this embedded model that we've been discussing is going to feature um, strongly in that next phase? Yeah. I, I think so. I think if you look at the last few years and, you know, we, we've, we've lived through it, I guess, doing this project with, with you guys at EDC and, and launching our own payment method on the platform, we've seen the rise of tons. I mean, you know, every week I get sort of propositioned by a new payment method, whether it's open banking or it's just another version of a fast checkout. And unfortunately, a lot of those businesses, because they're just trading the, the sort of individual commodity of which is just money flows. Um, there's not loads of additional value. I think you can get into that. It's pretty tried and tested methodology. There's lots of big providers out there in the kind of old school world, like Worldline and WorldPay and people like that. And then there's a new lot we've already talked about. I think we, we are starting to see anything embedded, quite frankly, but particularly embedded payments because it's that monetization opportunity. We're getting to the point where, particularly online, SaaS platforms have an opportunity to embed or wrap, wrap solutions and wrap valuable products around a fintech core. Yeah. And I think that's what you're starting to see us doing at VisualSoft, um, which is so valuable to us because you're, you're taking something that merchants have to have to run their businesses. You know, it's a critical element to their businesses and you're making it part of our central offering, but really you're saying, actually you're getting a, 
ton more value for our e-commerce platform, way beyond the, just the payment element. Mm. And I think we, you know, we talked about a few examples there with taxi companies and travel and then restaurants, we're doing e-commerce. Um, it'll be the same. We, I've had a couple of discussions with um, a couple of um, fashion rental businesses, it's exactly the same sort of model there with regards to payments, helping stores take payments for renting products out to the market. You're seeing these businesses evolve where platforms are able to monetize their businesses in a very effective way of payments. Um, and I think it's great because fintechs have to evolve. You're seeing all these big players in the market diversifying hugely beyond and which is quite far away, I think, from that core money management, money sort of money flows, if you like, commodity cool. um, into issuing, into offline, if to, into these platform plays, which is, which is brilliant. It's empowered us. It's enabled us to do a lot of great value for our merchants. And we're already seeing that with our merchants and the stats we're getting, you know, low abandoned basket rates. We're getting higher um, adoption of things like Apple Pay. Um, so, I, so I look forward to the next few years. I think it's, we're just at the start of our journey. We expect this to be really the dominant driver of people coming to VisualSoft, I think, in the next couple of years, along with our um, platform product that's, that's continuing to evolve around this, which is, which is brilliant. And merchants seem to love it. So that's, that's what we're about. Yeah, I think there's a recognition that um, broadly in the industry, perhaps that payments is becoming commoditized, right? And there's a need to, to build value and value-added solutions and layers around that that core. I think that's absolutely right. I think, you know, for us, it's about helping those re our retailers, our customers that use our platforms every day to get them more customers, you know, help them grow and do it in a really efficient way that doesn't give them more overhead. You know, they, don't, they shouldn't need to use more resource or hire people to do more. Mm. Um, if we're doing our jobs right. And that's kind of how I see ourselves. I see beyond, beyond the payments bit we're obviously talking about today, but partners more generally with our platform product, it's how can we embed partners of any sort, you know, whether it's shipping, payments, et cetera, into our product to help merchants with their day-to-day -day operations. You know, let them continue focusing on what they're gray out, which is buying products and selling products and retailing. I think the, the word embedded you're seeing a lot, right? <laughs> it's, in general. it's becoming almost ubiquitous about when certainly in the partner space, I'm seeing whether it's analytics, it's, it's payments, shipping, email, you know, you name it. Mm. There's, there's a, there's a couple of players in the market who are decently sized who are looking at how we can embed gray label is a term that keeps coming up a lot these days, you know, which is more prevalent. It used to be white label, but that's very complicated. Potentially gray labels are slightly softer. Um, mm you know, idea that you can embed something, but you can plug in, plug in a, a partner solutions into your platform. Um, it, I think it does make it more interesting because it, it's hard, you know, the online environment, the tech world is very competitive. There's so many players out there. There's all sorts of people saying they've got the next sort of best thing. And, you know, and I think embedding is a way to do the sort of SaaS 3.0, if you like, and get partnerships more embedded is, is a key area to this, but you're adding loads of value by doing that. So joining all the dots. I think you can look at some of the, the biggest businesses in the world, you know, the Googles, the Apples of the world. Um, they've been doing this for, for yonks. They've been doing this for the last decade, but they, it just has been called a thing now, I think. Yeah, exactly. um, and it's becoming more mainstream and that's, that's empowering you know, smaller tech businesses that have got a really great niche. Um, you know, we, we operate in quite a well-defined niche of our, the sort of SMB market here in the UK. And we think we give a lot of value to the merchants and that's what they tell us. And we're just keen on doing more with that and embedding providers in our platform is pivotal to doing that. All right. Perfect, Ed. Well, thank you very much for your uh, insights today. It's been really fascinating speaking to you on this topic. Thank and you, maybe Martin. you can just share with the audience how they can uh, reach out to you and contact you. Sure. I've, uh, Got my LinkedIn, obviously, all sorted out. Um, I've been on there for years. Um, so you can find me on there. Um, or, I mean, you can hit me up on email, and I'm sure we can share an email address. Um, right. 
Absolutely. into the notes of the podcast. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Well, Ed, thank you again and uh, see you next time. Thank you very much for having me, Martin. Great chat. Thanks for listening and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. To hear more interviews, please do subscribe on Apple, Spotify or your podcast platform of choice. It helps and means a lot. Also, I welcome any questions, ideas or suggestions, so feel free to make contact and say hello. Reach out to me on LinkedIn or at edgardunn.com. You can send me a message there or you can email me on martin.coderish at edgardunn.com. I look forward to hearing from you and I will see you next time.